You kill your own kid, gas the bitch. Could you stop that? That nurse? Please stop that. That nurse, maybe, maybe she had kids, huh? A husband is trying to make ends meet. Lead a, a normal life. And it says in your file that you tore her face off, didn't you? Congratulations, no more normal for her, not ever again, no. Do you know what she was afraid of? You. Could you stop that? Please? Stop that! Please! Stop! Do you know a patient named Andrew Latus? Do you? No! everybody and welcome to generation loss the show about movies with Bryn and jeremy that doesn't take itself too seriously and this month we are under the rule of the dark council once again for dumb guy december yes is what we're calling it it's a tradition uh, <laughs> and we are not calling it what we used to call it it's dumb guy december <laughs> i don't remember calling it that ever we but did I, I did you did yes oh wow we well, both did you know it's it's whatever we want it to be called and that's fine um but this month we are doing what we have done for ever since the the very first christmas we did a christmas month and we're like there are not that many good Christmas movies. No. And we would have to start doing really ancillarily Christmas movies or just dog shit that no one cares about. So we decided, what if on December we do a, a sort of a, a retrospective on what do what does the internet think are the best movies? And why are they so stupid? <laughs> yes. Um, we've also, I think, called this um, Internet Sacred Cows. Yes, we at have. At some yeah. point. Um, so this is, we're calling it Dumb Guy December because it rolls off the tongue a little better. Mm -hmm. But these are movies that are basically must be on the IMDb Top 250. Yep. Um, un almost exclusively. And they're movies generally that people who are stupid or just kids uh kind of think are real cool and deep and great mm -hmm. films yes. um now we're not always going to disagree with that sometimes mm -hmm. we can be dumb guys and that's fine like for example i think the matrix would fit here yes um, very much so lots of dumb guys think the movie the matrix is very good mm -hmm. um that is not on the list this year um but one day it probably will be yeah and actually i think we can uh, we we can just run through our our schedule for the month yeah uh, might as well right at the top yeah get everybody a little excited for what's to come this month um so this week of course is shutter island next week we'll be doing american history x <laughs> looking forward to that one i i have not revisited that movie since i was very young yep um, and i thought it was very smart and 
artistic at the time and I'm thinking about it in my head now and I don't think I was correct at the time. <laughs> uh, then we'll be uh, we'll be hitting Gladiator. Gladiator. I finally won the extra pick uh, mm-hmm. with with the fire hail mary of Gladiator. Um, I wanted Forrest Gump for what it's worth. <laughs> Forrest Gump is also a great pick, but Gladiator is much more fun of a movie. I think this yeah. movie was a movie that I've never I'd- seen. Gladiator actually. Ooh, very interesting, because I didn't like it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, one of those dumb guy movies where I was like, you're all stupid for liking this movie. And mm-hmm. I think that I will probably be right, but I think it's probably still a fun movie. Then we're going to be hitting Inception. Which I hate, and <laughs> I uh, will fight anyone who says it's good. Yeah, uh, so I think I'm I've ex- told this before, but I watched like the first 10 minutes of it once and I was like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm not wasting all my time on this shit. <laughs> it's interesting because this was at a time where I didn't hate Christopher Nolan. Uh-huh. Uh, this was the movie that made me hate him. Like this was back like this was the movie he did right before Dark Knight or right after Dark Knight, I mm-hmm. should say, where he was kind of at the top of the world. And I was like, well, Memento was fun. Prestige was fun. Like Batman Begins was not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Knight had a lot of cool stuff in it. So this sounds like, okay, he's finally getting to do the one for me. You know, like he did the one for the studios and now he's doing the one for him. He gets to take his cool Memento ideas, prestige ideas and get a hundred million dollars to do such cool stuff with it. I'm sure it will be great. And it's so disappointing. And I yeah. was like, this guy fucking sucks. Um, so we'll get to that later in the month. And then yep. what's next? And then finally, we'll be watching Fight Club. Fight Club. Now, Fight Club, we're doing in January. So that mm-hmm. will start off the next year. Uh, we're Because t- that's a five month. That's a five month, a week month. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're, we're removing our pick from January and putting it in this one because it's more mm-hmm. fun. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe they'll have a fun theme in January that we'll be kicking ourselves for, for not having jumped on board with, but yeah. we'll see. I think, I think we're all set for the dark council to continue into the next year. Yes, um, but we will, we will be meeting at some point this month to come <laughs> up with our rules for next year's dark council, which are we're going to be, be a bit stricter about their picks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how we're going to, uh, structure this and dark council. If you're listening, don't be scared. I don't think it will restrict you. I think, I think one thing that happened with the, you. with the, yes, it will enhance you. And I think one thing that was, well, let's have a little referendum on the dark council after a full year. This is literally 12 months in a row of the dark mm-hmm. council forming, which me and Jeremy did not expect to happen. No, um, I didn't expect it to happen even once. We didn't. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about it and we we're like, no one will do this, let alone four people. Um, but everyone seems to really like it. The, the, the fans of our show are, are having a great time picking the movies and I am having a great time with it. But what I, th- I think the idea I've come up with, and we'll talk about it later, but we're going to make it so that the movies are more well-known and popular. Yes. Um, <laughs> so that doesn't, that doesn't mean that they, you can't pick weird movies, but they have to be something that people who listen to the regular episodes 
like or yes, want and then, to hear and they about. aren't going to perhaps actively not listen to <laughs> and then not listen to the show anymore. <laughs> right. Um, I think maybe just like amount of reviews like on Letterboxd or IMDb or something might be the like the cutoff, like not the rating because you can still do faithful findings or something stupid and bad, mm. but it has to have like an amount of reviews and amounts of something that people have heard of and seen and there's yeah. discussion about so we'll, we'll figure out we'll figure, we'll figure it, it out. out yeah we'll figure it out we'll figure uh it out. <laughs> so that is what's coming for next year uh fight club is a movie that i still defend i haven't mm-hmm. seen it in a little while um it's been probably 10 years but at last time i watched it it was still cool um we'll see how it's aged <laughs> yeah uh but uh yeah so we are not talking yet about the main movie. We, as you know, always do something else before <laughs> we get to that. And we talk about what else we watched this week. And Jeremy, once again, after a month off, I have to ask you, what did you watch this week? Bryn, thanks for asking. Um, this past week was Thanksgiving, which means a lot of days off for little Nico. He's been home with me uh, during his Thanksgiving break, and uh, that means a lot of time to fill. So we did a couple of movie nights, he and I. Um, I've noticed that his his cousins and some of his friends and stuff, they like really they don't watch movies. They watch short stuff and they don't have the attention span for movies. And so I'm really trying to push Nico to watch longer form stuff um if he's watching a show it's a half hour show uh the only exception is bluey uh and and but i'm really trying to to push movies in particular so we did two movie nights uh we made popcorn we we sat together and 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 watched the movies i'm really trying to make it like a special thing for him right uh so the two movies i watched this week were toy story and the nightmare before christmas Um, oh okay so I like both of those movies. I like both of those movies. He liked one more than the other. Uh, Toy Story, big hit, big <laughs> big hit. Nico loved it. I loved it. Uh, I gotta say, probably one of the more one of the more perfect kids movies. Um, yeah, I think for sure. Every character is really nicely real. I think I said almost these exact same things about Finding Nemo, but um, I think. All the characters are really well realized. They're really fleshed out. Um, everybody's got something going on, you know. Um, even like little side bit characters like have fun rapport with each other. Um, it's really short, and I'm surprised how much stuff happens in such a short movie. Um, yeah, it's pretty short. Uh, we actually have done a full episode on this. That's movie, right. We so have done a full like episode. To, if you'd like to hear more of my opinions on Toy Story, you can go back and listen to that one. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We did do a full episode on this, and I completely forgot. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm 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 as impressed by it now as I was then. I think it's for for being what could have very easily been a novelty of you know like the first fully 3d animated movie like it's actually you know it it, it it's a real movie you know <laughs> yeah uh and and i'm sure then that i said this in that episode but i'll say it again justice for sid that poor kid <laughs> that I, poor kid i feel so bad for him because i saw on reddit the other day like a, a collection of the easter eggs from other uh, from other Pixar movies making reference to Sid 
And I'm like, God, these fucking assholes. Like, you all were Sid, you know? Like, you guys were not <laughs> Andy. You were Sid. You were creative little weirdos who, who you know, maybe didn't treat your toys the best. But you know what? They're toys. You're supposed they're to toys. take them they're apart. They're toys. They're not real. Put them Sid doesn't know that they're real. <laughs> <laughs> He's normal. It's He's a fun. normal person. Uh, and And he just lacks you know, strong parental guidance and, and it's a little bit sad. Um, yeah. But it's also like his house, his home life is not like his, he's poor. He's yeah. not like, yeah, he's I coded mean, maybe, poor. He's like a little bit white trash. Yeah. Um, his dad is asleep when we see him and his mom is like busy doing something and doesn't pay attention to him. He like rides his skateboard alone to planet pizza like he's he definitely a, doesn't have a, a lot of guidance in his life. He's a poor nerd, but he's like just fucking around. Yeah. There's no there's no point where Sid is actually mean to any other human. Yeah. And like and he's, and, he's and, a little and yet... like he's like get out of my room, sister. But yeah. besides that, he's like just a kid who likes playing with his little toys the same as Andy. Yeah, and yet later we see him in one of the later Toy Story movies. He's like a fucking garbage man. And like in Monsters, Inc., he's like the most terrifying guy. And like the monsters are scared of him and shit like that. <laughs> it's fucked up, man. Justice for Sid. Uh, and Nightmare Before Christmas we watched and Nico was not as thrilled by it. Um, and I completely understand why. Uh, I was seeing it from his perspective uh, in a very interesting way where like, you know, the beginning part is really fun, right? We get all the Halloween town. We see all the Halloween guys. Nico's really into Halloween. So he's having fun pointing them all out and whatever. But it's starting to be Christmas season now. And this is the right time of year to watch Nightmare, right? Because it's just in between Halloween and Christmas. You get a little flavor at each. It's a uh-huh. nice transition. Um, but once we get to Christmas town, it's like this explosion of joy and color and fun. And you're like, yes, hell yeah, dude, this is great. And then we go back to Halloween Town, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, on. it's it's definitely an older kid movie. I think it's a it's a preteen movie. Like you yeah. gotta you gotta be reveling in the gothness mm-hmm. of it a little bit to really enjoy it. Definitely. If you're just like, because the animation is cool mm-hmm. when you're older. I I don't. Yeah. It's not as visually striking as and colorful as Toy Story. So that mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. He's maybe a little too young for. He's Nightmare maybe a little too Marcus young for it. Uh, I also just like this time watching it. I guess I've never really thought about it before, but it's also extremely short. It's like seventy it's minutes. So short. And a lot of stuff happens, but it's it's like ten I mean, songs and then we're over. <laughs> well, it's like a lot of stuff happens, but a lot of stuff doesn't happen. I'm like shocked by how much of the runtime feels like vamping. Like there's not mm-hmm. a lot of time here, and we're still just like taking these long sequences of just like Jack just walking. <laughs> and, like, yeah. Like we we check in on that chick, you know, poisoning the old guy a couple Sally. of times. You know, <laughs> like yeah. And it's also like, like, come on, dude, move it along. <laughs> especially if you watch it after Toy Story, it, the uh, the the level to which the characters are extremely poorly drawn as characters mm-hmm. uh, is must be very 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 uh apparent because they're pretty much just little like they're they're paper thin they're mm-hmm. like i'm the halloween guy yeah. what do i but i'm also <laughs> a little sad and then <laughs> sally's like i want to be free and the voice acting for sally isn't very good yeah it's no. it's not like as a movie in terms of like 
it's more a it's more a series of fun songs and vibes mm-hmm. than it is yes. like a good movie. Very much so. <laughs> um, I'm also just like I I I, uh, I I was thinking about like how like I wonder if when they were making the movie if they were like Jack Skellington is going to be kind of like a uh, he's going to be like a Robin Hood Fox type of character for a lot of young girls. <laughs> You better believe it, buddy. <laughs> you like you, you know that there was like some meeting where they were like, "Could we make Jack a little hotter? <laughs> Can we make him a little sexier?" <laughs> I mean, but he's already a t- extremely tall, skinny, cool guy who yeah. who is goth and everyone yeah. likes. And he's also what if we make him a little longer. The th- <laughs> the thing about Jack is that he doesn't really have much of a face, mm-hmm. and he doesn't do anything as like heroic or fatherly or or like patri- um what is that called um paternal paternal as a robin hood like mm-hmm. robin hood is like good with kids yeah and he like gives the little boy his hat <laughs> yeah and he has that voice and he's so cute yeah i love robin hood <laughs> no but ja- but jack skellington is interesting because he's he's like kind of playing to a very anime like uh a theory of hot cartoon characters where right. you're like you just give him a body that's like pretty blank it's just thin and long and you put yeah. a cool outfit on it and it works and then his face has minimal features so that yeah. you are able to really you know put whatever, really really put whatever you, you want, want on, on it, it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like in anime it feels like if they want to make sh- like if they leave a lot of stuff off that character counts as hot and mm-hmm. the more stuff they add, the more they're trying to tell you, like, this character's not hot. We're putting stuff on his face. <laughs> I had girlfriends in, in like, middle school and high school who thought Trunks was hot. Mm-hmm. And I I've, I've found it very hard to be attracted to anyone in Dragon Ball. Yeah. To- the Toriyama style just doesn't register as, like, a human to me. Mm-hmm. Or, like, even cute. It's just, like, blank slate and my mind is not good at like making up a person to Mm -hmm. they all kind of have the same personality but yeah it's the similar kind of thing where some trunks has like like, trunks has a haircut that's the main thing he's got going for because if you love a guy with a haircut (laughs) if you shaved the hair off of every dragon ball character they're the same guy i don't believe i don't believe you'd be able to tell the difference between (laughs) characters if they had no hair I think Krillin's face, though, is sort of different. That's true. But again, he's got different eyes. He's got more details. He's got the little dots and stuff. Yeah. You know, they they put more effort into his face. Therefore, he's less attractive. And you know that he is. <laughs> yeah, he's a goofball. Yeah. Um, although, counter to that, uh, the most detailed face is Yamcha. And he is very obviously the hottest one. So scars, I think, kind of go against. Uh, That's true. They go against my theory of detailed face hotness relativity. Um, I, I we'll, think we'll, we'll bake Yam- this a little longer, and we'll, I think we'll come up with Yamcha, a real one. Though I think it's it's uh, it's his it's his haircut. Mm-hmm. Like he's got a really cool haircut. He gets a lot of them too. He's one of the few characters who gets different hair throughout the series. Yes, it gets in the Cell Saga. He has like short, straight up hair. Yeah, which isn't. It's not his best look. It's not his best look. No, the early Dragon Ball Z long hair is that's premium Yamcha. And then in like what was that episode I watched with y'all where it's like Boo was eating all the ice cream? Mm-hmm. 
do you remember this? I don't no. remember. Why did I watch this? Maybe this is just with Patek. I don't, but yeah, I don't think I was on has, the show at that point. He has a cool suit. Mm. He wears like a cream suit. And he has like his hair growing out from, from after the Cell Saga. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this is not balling out. <laughs> no. No, it's not. And we're not talking about hot anime characters. We are talking no. about what Bryn watched this week. So what I watched this week, I watched two things. Uh, the moment I got back from tour... I um went and uh, went over to my friend's house and watched. They have a big thing of watching shitty Christmas movies. Like their whole, the entirety of December, they go on Hulu or Voodoo or whatever the fuck has all those stupid Hallmark movies. Mm-hmm. And they just throw all of them on. Like they yeah. watch all of them, just like scrounging around in the dirt, like dogs for a a diamond in the rough. Um. And they found one and they showed it to me and it's called a veteran's Christmas. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And this movie, so a lot of these movies are the same movie. It's usually about a, uh, ostensibly hot lady who finds herself for whatever reason in some small town. She's usually a big city lady. Yeah. She she has a job and, and uh, like a big important job in the city, but she went back to her hometown for Christmas or something like that. Whatever she has to go. They have a maple syrup farm. She (laughs) has to go to get a Christmas tree. And then she finds the spirit of Christmas and falls in love with some hunk. Right. And she decides to abandon her career to move to a small town and and be a mother. In this movie, it's sort of the same thing. But what happens is this is a movie where she is a Marine okay. and she was in Afghanistan for That's interesting. I thought two... for sure the guy was going to be the veteran. No, you would suspect that, but she's she's the Marine and she was a canine division trainer. And so she had this dog named Christmas that she loved and she had to train it and spend two or three years with this dog. And then... Uh, the dog was named Christmas and then she gets honorably discharged after taking like a ton of fire. And so now she's going back to her hometown to uh, just like start her life back over. But she's really very clearly has PTSD uh-huh. and really misses <laughs> this dog. Yeah. Um, The thing about the movie is she doesn't go back to her hometown. Her car breaks down outside of the airport. And this guy who lives in a small town that loves Christmas, who's the judge (laughs) of this small town, uh, finds her. And she's like, he's like, oh, I know a car guy. And he takes her car to the guy. He's like, it's going to be like a couple of weeks. You'll probably not be here for Christmas. And she's like, oh, I'm just trying to go back to my. She's going to Cincinnati or something. And she's like okay, I guess I have to stay here. And he's like, I have a guest house in my huge mansion. You should stay there. And she's just like, okay. Now here I will mention she, the, what makes this uh, movie especially fucked up is that everyone in the movie is bad except for the girl. Uh What makes this movie really tough to watch is that the main woman, the Marine, (laughs) Her acting is leagues above everyone else. Like, okay. <laughs> you rarely see an actor of this caliber in a movie like this. But the thing is that she plays it extremely distressed uh-huh. and as though she has PTSD and does not want to be here. 
and is constantly feeling unsafe <laughs> uh, around this absolute freak who looks like Tom Cruise, like a like a Tom Cruise went through like a fly machine or whatever. Like his, uh-huh. he has too many teeth. He has he makes all these weird faces, and he's like fa- immediately trying to be like. I am in love with you and we're, you should stay here for Christmas and be in my wife or whatever. He doesn't say any of this, but he's very clearly like trying to court her or whatever. So this movie has a surprisingly amount of reviews. It has like on IMDb, it has like 50 reviews and it's, it's at a seven. A lot of them are 10 eights, but <laughs> you get down to the bottom and there's like quite a few uh, I would say like 10 to 15 one stars that are like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> uh, so, like, this is like a horror movie because what happens is someone calls it a Stepford Christmas. Uh, the, um, someone calls it a cross between get out the invasion of the body snatchers and white Christmas. <laughs> uh, because what happens is like, he owns the town. He's best friends with a policeman who like pulls her over multiple times to like fuck with her. And it's like, uh-huh. if there was creepy music, this would be a, this would be Midsommar. Like uh-huh. <laughs> it's really strange. Um, and then about halfway through the movie, she, she, he's like got this other ex-girlfriend that he's like kind of talking to. And she's supposed to be like jealous of that. And at one point tries to leave the town. Um, she goes to the car repair store and the car is done and the judge is like behind him like no no they like (laughs) tell her her car isn't ready so she can't leave (laughs) but it's played like music like the music is like it's cute that he's doing this but you don't know why he's doing this except that he just wants her to stay for christmas and then she literally gets on a bus she's like fuck this i'm out she gets on a bus and leaves and the sheriff who is his like his friend like pulls the bus over and is like you can't leave (laughs) (laughs) and the whole the whole twist of the thing is that the reason he was talking to his ex is because she's like some government employee or whatever Mm. and the whole thing was that they were getting her dog honorably discharged as well so that they could (laughs) deliver it to her on Christmas. They honorably discharge dogs. I don't know. They get the dog out of the military so that, that, that she can rocks. have the dog. I'm enjoying very much thinking about a dog being dishonorably <laughs> discharged. He shat all over the chief's hat. He did um, friendly fire. <laughs> he bit my dick off. Um, so it's just an insane horrible movie that is like really (laughs) creepy i mean like the justification for all of this insane behavior of literally kidnapping a woman and like Mm -hmm. keeping her in this town is so they can give her the dog back which is nice but it's the big problem is that not nice enough (laughs) the woman's acting is so good that Mm -hmm. she's really experiencing this like trauma of like being held against her will by literally a judge and a sheriff (laughs) uh and so you just are like watching this movie like screaming at it like what the fuck is happening why is this not a horror movie um but it's a hallmark christmas movie and it's so sweet and like lots Mm. of people are like this is a cute movie uh it's insane uh so if you want to watch an insane movie 
uh, check out Veterans Christmas. The other thing I watched um, is the, I, I just want to mention this real quick. I've only seen two episodes of it, but it's so cool. And I haven't heard quite enough people talking about it. So I just want to get it out there. Um, there is a new HBO Max show called Scavenger's Rain. Okay. Which is a fully animated, hand-drawn animation sci-fi show. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched the first two episodes and the premise of the show is check out the animation while you're looking on your computer there. I sure am. Um, it's very <laughs> sick. Um, it's this looks all, awesome. It's sort of like a mix between like if, if you're a comic book nerd like me, it's sort of like if Jeff Lemire characters like, um, like Trillium or Essex County or Sweet Tooth, the sort of character design of Jeff Lemire was in a Mobius world. Um, don't know what that means, but somebody will. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's very bright. It's very colorful. It's very mm-hmm. intricate. Um, basically, and it very much like it appears just from this trailer that it definitely like uh, it, it. It's wearing its influences on its sleeve. You know, it's like just yes. within this trailer, I've already seen like a visual <laughs> reference to Star Wars, something that looks mm-hmm. like Akira. Something there that is looks a like, hard um, homage to Akira in the first episode where someone's stomach falls out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a dream. Um, so the, the premise of the movie is that this sort of intergalactic freighter that just had like sort of uh, crew members, people who were just like sort of roughneck you know truckers basically like a cargo ship mm-hmm. uh, got destroyed we don't know how um and then three escape pods uh managed to land on this alien planet i think they're all supposed to be on the sa- on vesta they're all on vesta this mm-hmm. this alien planet um but they landed really far from each other and so none of them know if anyone else is alive um, so there's three different characters. One of them is this sort of guy who looks like Rob Menzer, uh, <laughs> uh, who is just, he's completely alone and straight losing his mind. And so his, his parts are sort of, um, really psychedelic and he's like having these weird shutter Island style, like flashbacks. Um, then there's, a a two person group, a man and a woman, sort of a gray haired sort of ruffian and, uh, a younger girl sort of like 20s and they're sort of getting through it together Mm -hmm. um and then the last one is this uh just a single woman but she has a uh a robot named levi who is voiced by uh aliyah shawkat from uh she's maybe from um arrest Arrest development Development, and search party um who's very cute um and that robot is sort of slowly being taken over by like some weird fungus and like becoming more human or something or so like more organic, mm-hmm. but it's not being evil, just like helping um, in weirder ways. So it's uh, the animation is incredible. It looks fantastic. Um, and I was really surprised that the story is a lot of fun and uh, usually stuff that looks this good. And one thing I also wanted to praise it for was it's, um, it feels like an excuse for someone who had like some artists who had literally decades of creature design to just put it all in one movie. Mm-hmm. Like the, every animal is like 
really well thought out. Like there's this one part where uh, the the man and the woman are running from a storm and they're like, we need to get safe. And so there's these like big floating jellyfish type creatures that are putting their like stalks on the beach and their eggs are like rolling into it for safekeeping, mm-hmm. like sort of the way like sea turtles do. And so they hitch a ride on the eggs and then are go down into the <laughs> go down into the thing's stomach. It's like a jellyfish like orb at the bottom of the sea. And then there's like the, the little tubes are sticking up in into the air. And then um, so they're just hiding in its belly from the storm. And then later in the episode, these like predator crabs that are, seem like evolved specifically to prey on these animals, like crawl down the tube and like enter the egg area and they have to like fight it off. Mm. Um, and that crab is like very insane looking. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they, they narrowly make it out alive. So it's a lot of adventure, but a lot of it is based on like the fauna and flora of this. They use a lot of like, they've been on the planet long enough where they've figured out how to like, use the animals and plants as like tools sure like um, a monster hunter type of thing yeah but like they have like they go down to this poison area and they have these like little little gooey things that have they put on their face like masks uh-huh. like the little tentacles go into their nose <laughs> and then they like are wearing it as a mask um but it gets tired and like will drop off their face after a while they have mm-hmm. these these things they put their hand they put their hands in it and it blows up like a balloon and they fly with them. It's crazy. Um, and yeah, I was surprised shit out. I was surprised that it it's the, the ideas are not just visual and so far as having a really fun stories and interpersonal relationships. I'm really, really interested in what's happening with the robot. Um, mm-hmm. cause it's little, like little fungus is growing and like integrating itself into its circuits and it's just making art for no reason. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know why I'm making this. It just seems fun. And like the, the owner is getting like scared that it's going to like do something bad, but it like hasn't yeah. yet. Uh, really cool ideas all around. It's sort of a mixture between like that movie prospect. I recommended a long time ago uh, where they're like miners on an alien planet mm-hmm. and uh, kind of has like an annihilation type vibe where everything's just like awkward and strange and weird Mm -hmm. so far. So good. It's, uh, it's only 12, it's 12 episodes. The first season is over now. It just ended on November 9th. Um, I really hope it gets another season. I'm excited to finish this season. So that's what I like. Nice. Cool. So let's get into (laughs) our feature presentation. Feature presentation for this yeah. week is Shutter Island, directed by Martin Scorsese, uh, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Mark Ruffalo, Ben King. You're not gonna feel pressured to talk over the music. Movies. <laughs> I think it's fun. It's like an intro, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so this movie it came out in 2010. Uh, it is a Marty Scorsese movie. Uh, it stars all kinds of people. Patricia Clarkson, Max von Sydow, El- Emily Mortimer, Michelle Williams. Lots of lots of big hitters here. Sir um, Ben Kingsley. Sir Kingsley to you. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, what is your history with uh, Shutter Island? Have you seen this movie? 
I have, have yeah. Uh, I saw this in theaters. Me too. Um, and uh, I I went with uh, my girlfriend at the time who was really into uh, just being like kept abreast of, you know, what the big movies like. It, it was very much a like, like this is getting Oscar buzz. We should go see it. She was a Patak thing. type. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just watching anything that kind no, of. No, no, not, not watching anything. Like very specifically, like she wanted to be like kept abreast of like what's going on in culture. So she's okay. like, you know, this is a big, this is a, this is an important movie. It's going to be culturally significant. It's going to be nominated for stuff. We should go see it. Um, so we went to go see it. And I had pretty much the same uh, experience of it that my wife had watching it with me last night. She'd never seen it before. I had seen <laughs> it. So I know I knew what happens. She didn't. And basically my experience of it was 90% pretty good and then 10 percent. <laughs> shut up so i i when i saw this movie in the theater i did not like it whatsoever mm. um and a big part of it was the editing mm. the editing in this movie is psychotic um a good example that i was that i noticed this time around was um there's a scene where Mark Ruffalo and Leonardo DiCaprio are um, bunking overnight mm -hmm. and they're both in their bunks dressed exactly the same. Yeah. And the shots of them are exactly the same. So it's from a three quarters perspective where their head is at the top of the frame and then they're so it's sort of like angled where the, their body is, is coming into the frame, into the bottom mm -hmm. of the frame but then it's basically literally match cutting. So like <laughs> you, it looks like they're changing, like the beds are exactly the same and they're wearing right. almost the same thing. So it looks like they're changing into each other mm -hmm. and I can't fucking tell if this is intentional or it just is. Like I th so I, I noticed some stuff like this too, this time. And I do actually think that it is intentional because I think it's like a, um, it's supposed to be like a you know a Lovecrafty and like driven to madness sort of a thing where like as the movie goes the editing gets weirder and you're supposed to start to feel that like there's a scene yeah but where... to what end exactly well I mean to the end that like I mean it it's I feel like it's less successful on a second viewing because you know what's coming at the end but I think you are supposed to be kind of feeling it from Leo's perspective where you do feel yourself going slowly crazy and then at the end you're like no but but this was all true this was all real what was happening and 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 it can't be made up but like uh there's a scene where he's interrogating a woman um and she asks yeah. for a glass of water uh and uh it's when she like writes like run on the paper for him um yeah. But she gets the glass of water and she goes to take a sip of it but the shot where she gets the sip of it there's no glass in her hand Yes, there's like tons of weird, uh, what you would normally call them, uh, like continuity errors, but it, yeah. they do seem on purpose. They seem like they're on purpose. It seems like the purpose of that is to call attention to itself for you to be like, wait, what? Like, what right. am I watching? And, and and sometimes like the dream sequences start to blend a little bit into the reality sequences so that mm -hmm. you're like, I'm not sure if this is part of the dream or not. So, so my my feeling on the movie this time was like, what's going on with this movie? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, 
I, I do think this is a dumb guy movie. Yes. Um, it It's a little more actually critically acclaimed than I think generally um, would, would fit in this, in this slot here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is very, also very popular with uh, weed ash stained DVD guys. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it definitely fits in. Um, but I think so. So I, I just don't know if I think the movie's successful. So the thing is like, this is Marty being like, I'm going to make a Hitchcock picture. See, I was going to say, you get a little bit of that Hitchcockiness, and you also get, like, you start to see, uh, I mean, this is a stupid comparison, but just bear with me for a second. Um, Okay. When Kevin Smith made uh, Zach and Miri make a porno. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to say Red State. No, 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 no. So when, when Kevin Smith makes Zach and Miri make a porno, you can tell from watching it that, like, the rise of Apatow has really kind of shook him a little bit. Oh, and he's starting yeah. to be like, I got to start making movies that the public is interested in. And Apatow is the king. So why don't I make a movie that's kind of like his vibe? Sure. Um, and you got Seth like, Rogen do my own, yeah. do my own spin on it, you know, do my own spin it's on more it. Gross Apatow out humor. Um, and, and this feels like Scorsese sees the rise of Christopher Nolan and is like, well, I got to make movies that are going to be hits, and Nolan yep. is the king right now, so why don't I try to add this sort of, you know, this, like, high contrast, like, really black and whitey sort of, uh, you know, dream sequences that are surreal and, like, within the reality of the movie, and there's a big twist, and, and you know, like, it, it feels like, like, of all the Scorsese movies, like, this feels the least Scorsese-y. Yeah, I mean, uh, it 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 feels like this is also um, this is based on a novel by Dennis Lehane, who also wrote Mystic River, mm-hmm. um, which is also not a very great movie. Um, I don't know what his other big movie. Oh, he also wrote Gone Baby Gone, mm. which is a uh, became a uh, Ben Affleck movie. Um, also, Live by Night, which uh, was also a Ben Affleck movie. Um, <laughs> He's a sort of like airport novel guy, you yeah. know, like a little bit like sort of what is the mystery here? Like what, whatever. Um, and it kind of feels like kind of trashy story, mm-hmm. but being heightened by Scorsese's like intelligence and, and, and acumen. Yeah. Um, and I, I it, for me, the big problem I have with this movie is that he doesn't lean. Ha- I think Scorsese had the opportunity to lean way harder into making this a sort of updated forties psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is he uses a lot of like high contrast CGI. Yeah. Uh, like there's that f- dream sequence where um, she's like on fire on her back. Mm-hmm. Um and that just does not feel right to me. Um, it just looks really stupid. But there's a lot of fun ideas, and I I was and I really surprised the, how much, how many dream sequences there were. There's I a lot of dream sequences, it. and there's a lot of like, I would kind of separate the dreams from his like trauma visions, which are themselves like pretty surreal, and like. I was surprised this time through, yeah, again, like just the sheer 
volume of of dream and trauma stuff but also yeah. like i mean the the cgi looks like dog shit but i think a lot of those sequences look really good yeah they like, do it's all just of kind his of... memories of dachau are like so gorgeous oh that stuff is great yeah um, um uh, with the, the throwing the papers but, everywhere but, uh, before we get too deep into this any further we should Why just like you summarize the story very quick summary of the story <laughs> is uh leonardo dicaprio is a u.s marshal teddy uh teddy daniels uh he and his partner chuck they uh show up at a asylum for the criminally insane in boston harbor and um it's uh uh it's a mystery uh this woman um her name is whatever um uh um fuck what what is her oh salando rachel Um, salando rachel salando uh so there so this woman rachel salando has disappeared vanished into thin air she's gotten out of her cell somehow though it was locked uh from the outside and there's no other way out but that uh, so they are there to try to solve the mystery of what happened to Rachel Solando. And, um, you know, they find that the people at the hospital are not as cooperative as they'd like them to be. Uh, and, um, you know, everything kind of stinks a little bit. Um, they uh, they they notice there's like a, a lighthouse that is like heavily guarded by by, you know, military guys. And they're like, what goes on in there? Uh, they start to talk to people around the hospital and they piece together this this idea that maybe there's this like MK Ultra type of thing happening there where they're doing brain experiments to try to turn people into like perfect soldiers. And um, but then also Leo starts to he starts to go crazy uh, as well. Um, and, um, you know, people suggest that maybe, uh, he won't be allowed to leave the island, uh, because he's seen too much. Uh, so they're going to make him go crazy and then, uh, you know, make him, uh, um, you know, they'll, they, they'll, they'll institutionalize him and do brain experiments on him. And, uh, basically that's kind of the main, him. the main thrust of the, of the bulk of the story. And then we have this one final snap where, uh, Leo finally is about to blow the roof off of the thing, and Ben Kingsley, who is the uh, the main psychiatrist uh, at this asylum, is there, and he's like, "Okay, so here's the deal, buddy. Uh, actually, you are a- an asylum patient. You have been for years. You have these fantasies about being a U.S. marshal. You aren't actually a U.S. marshal. This has been an elaborate, a very elaborate, uh, um, role play scenario where we're trying to kind of like." lead you to the logical conclusion that you aren't this guy uh and it does not appear to have worked and uh so right. what actually happened is that you were dating a mentally ill woman or not you're married and married had three kids with her woman. and uh after <clears throat> a fire in your house in boston or whatever you moved them out to the countryside you kind of neglected to get her treatment because you were hoping everything would turn out okay uh, but then she murdered your three kids drowned them in the lake behind your house and then you she said you you see this whole scene play out where he comes home their kids are dead he tries to save them they're all dead she says like set me free i'm fucking crazy uh i love (laughs) you he murders her and so he so he shoots her and Um, so this traumatic event along with his traumatic experiences in world war ii uh just 
snap his brain and he just kind of creates this fantasy world where he's a U.S. Marshal uh, trying to solve a crime at this insane asylum. And um, and then he uh, he does kind of uh, come to his senses, realize what the truth is. But then at the end, uh, makes the conscious decision to pretend that he didn't actually have the breakthrough that he had uh, so that they will lobotomize him so he doesn't have to live with the knowledge of what actually happened. Right. Um, so the thing about this movie is that while I ha- I still have issues with the visuals uh, and the acting, honestly, like Leo Scorsese just thinks that Leo can be better than he is. Mm-hmm. Um, a big Although I will problem. say Leo has one really fantastic moment in this that's like the best I've ever seen him act, period, which is at that last moment when he when he does his, his last stand where he's just like, so what's the play? How are we going to get off this island? Yeah. <laughs> and then he like looks back at uh, at Mark Ruffalo and you just read it all over his face that he's just like, I'm done, dude. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, that he it's not it's not uh, movie ruining for me, but it's not the he, you can imagine this movie being a little better with someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't strike. I don't know. He does OK in this one. Um, but I just feel like Ruffalo's acting around like running circles around him. Kingsley's mm-hmm. running circles around him. Uh, and it's funny because Ruffalo is distinctly doing bad acting on purpose yeah which is interesting like he's doing such a good job of because he is he's supposed to be leo's uh main psychiatrist and he's pretending to be his partner um and and through that is is you know he is acting within the acting of the movie and he's doing a bad job acting as the u.s marshal but his bad acting is like so believably bad i don't know it's it's he does a really good job ben kingsley does a good job um i think his wife does a pretty good job um but yeah i think acting wasn't as big of a problem for me right Um, but i think i think visual despite all the my my issues with the visuals and the the whole like language of it sort of supposed to be hitchcock some of the stuff i will say visually very striking like there's mm-hmm. some really good stuff in it I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage all of it just cohesively it kind of falls apart like there's one really great part where um actually probably my favorite scene in the whole movie is when the warden picks him up mm-hmm. um and he's driving him back and he's just like gleefully talking about violence to him <laughs> yeah and he but that but in that scene i'm pretty sure they do rear projection Mm-hmm. Like I don't think that's real driving. Like, yeah, I think the, you're right. The, the the it kind of looks really Hitchcocky because it's like they're in a car, but the trees behind them look fit, like kind of like a different background. Mm-hmm. Um, that looks really cool. I really like what they're going for. Um, and just his his like sort of Richard Helms esque like in Nixon vibe of just being like violence is what makes the world go round and you're yeah, the most yeah, yeah. God, violent person God in the world. created violence so we would wage it for him or something yeah, like just that. Just like and, insane like fascist poetry that he's just and saying. just like and just gleefully like the biggest smile on his face that he gets to say his little violence thing. <laughs> you yeah. could tell you could tell that as he's driving there he's like if I find him I'm gonna talk to him about violence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then at the end at the, I, I honestly one of the best lines that um 
Leo gets to say after the warden, who is played by uh, Ted Levine, mm-hmm. uh, doing a great job, says, if I sunk my teeth into your eyeball right now, would you be able to kill me before I blinded you? Yeah. And Leo just goes, why don't you try it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that scene is great. Um, and there's really, there is good stuff in this movie. Um, I just think as a whole, for me, this movie works really well if they gave you enough rope to let you believe that what actually happened is that he is a U.S. Marshal and they are slowly turning yes. him crazy. Mm-hmm. And the reason he says that at the the last line of the movie um, is uh, Leo says, you know, this place makes me think which would be worse to live as a monster or die as a good man. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, according to Wikipedia, that line does not appear in the book. It's something they added. Yeah. So it, it makes me feel like they kind of want you to have the option to believe that all of this has been inserted into his mind and we're actually, because they, they spend so much time being like, this guy is German. There are Nazi experiments on him on in this, ha- you know, like, this sort of lineage of violence, like learning America, learning stuff from the Nazis and creating super soldiers. And like, Mm -hmm. it is all conspiracy theories, but all that stuff is actually true in history. Like that stuff happened. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't like that. The movie really, really put so fine a point on it to convince the viewer that that isn't true. Right. Like the movie really, really does not want you to believe that and and i and i what i i i've been turning this over in my head all day like is it cool that they try to convince you so hard that leo is crazy if they meant for him not to be do you know what i mean like if maybe maybe they were like what if he isn't actually but he's convinced that he is so mm-hmm. you have to be that convinced that he is but maybe I'm like overthinking it. Um, no, I mean, I think you're right. Like, I think um, like they, like I was saying before, like they do distinctly make this movie in such a way that you are supposed to start feeling crazy at times, like with these little editing tricks and whatever. And like with these like distinctly noticeably fake things and whatever. But yeah, I, I mean, I think they do too much handholding in the last bit to be like, this is what happened. It's true. You know, like I, I think yeah, they, there's and, two- and, and watching it a second time, knowing the twist that comes, you're seeing all these moments throughout where you're like, oh, so you're even you're even trying to make it so that if you watch it a second time, you're thoroughly convinced <laughs> that Leo is just crazy. I kind of wish that they left it a little more ambiguous I think, because ultimately I think if there was one thing they could have done to make this movie more ambiguous is shown. Evidence even if it was later played off as a as a as a uh, a delusion of leo like mm-hmm. shown evidence or somebody actually like successfully doing the nazi like experiments like right. showing where that's happening mm-hmm. um even if they like even if they have it melt away and it's like oh no that's not real actually mm-hmm. I, I would then you would be able to be like well they 
that you have a lot of explanations of they gave him cigarettes, they gave him drugs, they gave him pills, they gave him food, you know, right. like all of this, the lady in the, in the cave seems very real. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing in the movie that is like, Oh, that was a over the top fantasy. Like right. that one feels really grounded. And I feel like that's on purpose yes. because I feel like they want you to be able to say, what if he isn't crazy? What if right, but they it, made him crazy? But the problem is that then, like, like there's stuff like uh, the 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 one that really kind of puts the nail in it for me that makes it so that there's really no ambiguity about the ending is is when he gets his gun back and he shoots like Ben half. Kingsley, and then you know you see like oh, yeah. his blood splatter, and then it goes away. And you're like, okay, so that's it. Like, that's that's the end of the that's 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 the end of the story, right? It's like this is it. Like, it, this isn't real. None of this is real. Like, I I think they would have the the ambiguity would have been clearer if he goes to shoot it and he realizes it's a toy and he breaks it, right? Like that would be that would. But be then okay. again, if he really is being drugged and they're like making it so that he can't sure. tell what's real, like yeah, I, I don't know. I I I don't know. I I think that. Whatever it is, I think we agree that it's too unambiguous and they could have done just a little more to make it a little like, more, yeah. And not that I even really like ambiguity. Like I'd rather them just put a fine point on the on it and say, like, this is a story about an evil organization that is has a lineage from Nazi Germany and mm-hmm. is doing experiments and they get this guy and you know, you end it that way. Like I'd rather it just be that but right. if you have to make it like oh we're also experiencing someone losing their mind or you're experiencing what he's going through just make it so i can believe either one if if i want <laughs> but like the I, movie I, really bullies you into not yes. thinking that like and i think it's troublesome too because it's like you know in order for you to believe you know the the you know quote truth of the movie where where leo is just crazy and has just been projecting all this stuff. You also have to believe that this whole elaborate role play thing is true, which is like stupid of all of the things in this movie that are far fetched. Like that's the furthest fetched one that you like. I, I always remember um, JP McDade, a very funny comedian. Uh, I don't know even know if this ever made it into any recorded <laughs> thing or whatever, but he had a joke about um, how he doesn't believe 9-11 conspiracy theories because so many of them hinge on George W. Bush's acting chops. And you're like, <laughs> I just don't believe that he's that that like when they go up to him and they like whisper in his ear and he just like has that solemn look, you're like, there's just no way. Like there's just no way that he's that good of an actor, right? Like and and this relies on so many people to be decent actors, you know? And and you can say, sure, like Leo is so crazy that he just like believes it right away. But like we're the viewer, you know, like we're seeing this stuff and we see Mark right. Ruffalo like fuck up giving his gun over and whatever. So like you're showing us stuff to show us that it's fake, right? Like too many people are too good of actors. They've given way too many resources to this project where ultimately it would have been cheaper and easier for them to just lobotomize him and be done with it. You right. Know? But like watching it again, you're asking mentally ill, criminally insane, mentally ill people to like, put on the show for him mm-hmm. like multiple different guys had to not call him his real name if right. this is the case you know what i mean and they had to recognize him and mm-hmm. then also not call chuck doctor whatever like 
it doesn't make any sense. So yeah. I guess my my main thing is like the ending that they're insisting on is not only politically less interesting, it's also stupid and doesn't make I don't know what you're yeah, going it, for. It then. makes the like, movie worse. It you makes know? the movie worse if if he's just a guy with trauma. Like, okay, so then what is the point? Like, what what are you saying about World War II? What are you saying about Nazi Germany? Why mm-hmm. is this in the movie if it didn't matter? Right. Like, why did he make all that stuff up? It's just red herrings. Like, but it's also Martin Scorsese, so he kind of like, you know, not that Marty Scorsese has the best politics, but he definitely but he's pretty knows. good, you know. Yeah, <laughs> he knows about this stuff, and he definitely has made movies about it, and especially Killing of the Flower Moon, like, which I haven't mm-hmm. seen yet. Um, you know, he's a politically pretty adept guy, you know, so it's like, I feel like he wouldn't put this in the movie for no reason, so I almost have to believe that the real story of it is that he's really a marshal and they made him crazy to lobotomize him so he wouldn't tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of want to so that the movie doesn't completely suck, but yeah. the movie demands that it sucks. Yeah, it really insists um, on it. One final thing before we wrap up, a very funny thing that happens at the very, very last moment when Leo is going off to be lobotomized. Uh, just to, like, and this is just like poor directing shit, but like, just to really drive it home that Leo's getting lobotomized, they like they have an insert shot of one of the um, the orbitoclast. Yeah, the the actual tool that they're going to use for it, yeah. which is just Why? so so unnecessary. <laughs> it's so funny, like, and and it's like wrapped up in a white napkin, like it's a but, bottle like, of wine at a out, restaurant. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, why are we? Sh- why would you bring that out to go pick up Leo to bring him to a hospital room? Where why wouldn't you leave it? Th- it yeah, why isn't it in the room already? Yeah, it's just a funny little stupid thing in the movie. Um, They're gonna do it to him. Yeah. Also, it's like unless you already have seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest or have researched what like what an orbitoclast is, mm-hmm. like you're not gonna see this pokey thing and be like, oh, that's how that's what they're gonna kill. Like I don't yeah. get what the point of it is. Like it's not like. They haven't explained that really earlier in the movie. Um, So it's just sloppy and there's some... uh, So watching it again, I felt much less hatred towards it. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a there's sort of famous um, New York Times review that said uh, something terrible is afoot. Sadly, that something turns out to be the movie. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, And that some people really didn't like it. And I think, I think that it's pretty mid for me, but I, I, I gave it a little, I wanted to like it more. Like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of fun ideas and a lot of interesting American history in here. I just wish they would have really hammered home what the movie seems to want you to think it's about until the very last scene yeah um and then when it isn't it's just like well what's the point of that what was the point of any of this yeah so i don't know if i can recommend it i don't recommend it i um one final final thing is uh the scene where they reveal you know like what actual traumatic awful thing happened where the kids drown whatever too fucking long way too fucking long way too uh um, wh- 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 schmaltzy. 
schmaltzy, but like, also like, like uh, indulgent. It's indulgent. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like we we could have just seen him. We could like it's a really it's interesting too because you can see exactly where the tasteful version of it ends, where he looks out over the lake and you see their backs floating. Cut there, you know. <laughs> Right. And we get it. <laughs> well, and and again, I think if you had done just that, like that would even the fact that it's so long feels like now you're watching the truth. Mm-hmm. Like if they had just cut it there and then like cut again to him shooting the wife. Don't even we don't need to see it. We know whatever. But like, you know, if they had just like explained to you what happens, like. You it would have also given you more room to be like, is this implanted in his head? Is mm-hmm. he le- are like they letting his trauma of World War II overlay into the trauma of losing his wife in a fire, which right. is supposed to be what really happened because he he knows he lost his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's supposed to really have happened is that he lost his wife in a fire, but he never had kids. But he's like, you could you could argue he's like overlaying the trauma of seeing the concentration camps with all the dead children. Yeah. And then they're like mixing those two together to make him really feel crazy. Um, and I feel like you could have just let me think that with making it not so long. Yep. So I think some pretty big missteps. And and even if it was, I would still say it was only a light recommend. But I yeah. think I think with the ending that it currently has, it's not really worth it. I will say, pretty good worst movie. What do you mean? Like, for for this being generally considered one of Scorsese's worst, pretty good worst movie. I have to agree with that. I mean, like... (laughs) You could do a Uh, lot worse than this. I'm not recommending it, but I still think you could be a lot worse than this. Uh, I will say, I think Hugo is much worse. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Have you seen Hugo? No. That movie is dog shit. Uh, It's a... Love letter to George Millet, um, the eyeball in the uh, the the rocket to the moon guy from the mm. early silent fe- feature. But that it's sucks. so <laughs> stupid. Um, maybe check out Hugo sometimes, uh, just to see his actual worst movie. Um, but anyway, that's Shutter Island. It's not very good. It, it's a it's a it's a low low ranking for me. Um. Yeah, but that's a very good first dumb guy movie because this is the kind of thing that it's like it's good enough that you would like sort of give it a shot and then only the dumbest kind of person who has no interest in thinking about what anything means or is trying to say to you would be like, whoa, cool ending. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. there were definitely people who were just like, you'll never see it coming what a ride you know and it's like right. that's stupid though. <laughs> uh and you love a, a twist ending that's stupid um all right so that's shutter island thanks for listening to generation loss uh yeah i forget i haven't i'm very out of practice so i'm sorry i'm <laughs> gonna have a trouble getting through the outro but if you'd like to hear more of our show you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss where you can join the sopranos tier and vote on the show we're gonna watch which this month is the boys uh we are watching season one and two of the boys and then we'll have a referendum so you will get to vote next month on whether we continue with the boys as you will hear in the episode we hope 
we continue <laughs> with the boys. Yeah. Um, we love our boys. Um, if you can also join the Dark Council in January, you get to pick what the theme is uh, and what the movies are going to be. Uh, check it all out on patreon.com slash generation loss. You can listen to my other show, Gener- uh, listen to my other show, BP Bledis. Uh, you can listen to my band. You can follow us on Twitter at Gen Loss Pod and follow us individually from there. You don't have anything to plug anymore, right? I do actually. My YouTube channel is going to oh, start having back. videos again. We're back, baby. We're back. I can't record videos of City Skylines yet because my computer won't take it. But you're we're making some one. other videos and they're coming up pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. They, Watch uh, you, this space. <laughs> Jeremy has a, a very a pretty like moderately popular YouTube channel about video games. It's been abandoned uh, for a year, but it's coming back, baby. He took a long break, but it's uh it's Jeremy Thunder on on YouTube. Yep. Definitely go subscribe there. Uh and that should be everything. Until next time. That's, that's movies. movies. I'm thinking it's all over when I